1: Glad you're with us here on The Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just a few minutes, cryptocurrencies. They were all the rage on our show earlier this year. We were getting multiple calls every day about cryptocurrencies. Now we don't get them anymore. Let me tell you something going on with cryptocurrency that's aiding and abetting criminals in today's Clark Rage. And later, what do you do if you lose your job that's part of your career? What do you do to put food on the table that it doesn't put your life as a career into a full U-turn? I'm going to address that. And I want to talk right now about Things you should know about your home that will both potentially improve your life in your home and they could save you money. I want to talk about something that I get a fair number of calls about and that's security systems in a home. And most companies that you have your homeowner's insurance with will give you a discount for having a security system in your home. And the funny thing about that is that security system is potentially going to make you safer and a lot of the cost of it at least a meaningful amount will be taken out by your homeowner's insurer if you let them know you have it. And what I recommend if you are considering putting in a security system in your home that you do make a call to your insurance company and ask them what things you need to have as part of your system to get the maximum discount from your insurer. I mean, why not? Keeps you safer. But remember, if you do decide to put in a security system in your home, priority number one is not protecting you from a home invasion or burglars. Priority number one is protecting you and your family from smoke and fire, because that is the far greater danger, not one we recognize, and you should integrate as part of any security system, smoke and fire detectors, which are available from even the self-install security companies or having a traditional come to your home. So I saw something in consumer reports that I had not thought about that could get you a discount on your insurance, and that is when you upgrade a major system in your home, if you notify your insurer, they very well may give you a discount for that. So if you do something like, let's say you're in the midst of a remodel and you upgrade major systems in your home like plumbing or electrical, if you notify your insurer that can get you a lower premium. One example they give is Amica Mutual gives a giant discount if you remodel your home and put in modern systems that the discount you could receive could be up to a third of your premium. Another one that is a stunner, according to Consumer Reports, is that When you put in a new roof on your home, when the time comes that you cycle through and you have to put on a new roof, that you may in fact get a discount for putting in the new roof, especially if you meet the criteria the insurer requires for a major discount. So uh, who would ever think, I would never have thought, if it hadn't been for this Consumer Reports item, I would have never thought of the advantage of, contacting my insurer before I put in a new roof to ask them what check marks they require that would then generate a discount. And they do it based on what they know will lead to a lowered possibility of claims from them. And I want to double back to the uh, security system in your home or whatever. One thing that I'd like you to look at doing Having suffered years ago a major uh, repair because a pipe burst in my home that uh, that you can now very inexpensively get water leak detectors that you can put in your house and they will do things from uh, the sophisticated ones will shut the water supply off to the house and limit any more damage. Others will just alert you that there's a loss in water pressure and let you know with a signal to your cell phone that there's a good shot, that something is wrong and there's a water leak in your house. The more you know about problems with water in your home, the happier you're going to be not dealing with that. Anybody who's ever been through a water leak in their home is nodding their heads right now. Nate is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Nate. Hey, how are you, Clark? Great, thank you, Nate. How can I serve you?
0: Uh, Well, I'm 25, and I'm a spender, and I want to be convinced on uh, how to save.
1: Well, just by saying that, opening up, means that you recognize your personality is one where you like to spend. Right. And and so I find that usually what will get you to think differently about money is if there's something you really want to achieve that spending a little less, saving more money will help you get to. Like what things would you like to do in your life that you have not to this point been able to do because you haven't had the funds to do it?
0: Well, I own a fourplex, uh, and I want to own more fourplexes, I guess. That's one big thing that I want to do. I want to generate passive income.
1: I love that. So the fourplex, do you live in one of the four units and rent out the other three, or is the whole fourplex? correct. Okay. So you've got tenants that pay for you to live free and throw off extra cash.
0: Correct. That's part of the reason why I'm a spender. I have, I have a little bit of extra cash I could kind of just spend uh, wherever.
1: All right. So you have given me like the perfect example that creates a priority for spending less money. So what I would do is I would set up where a certain amount of money every month goes automatically into a savings account that you're putting together for a down payment to buy another triplex or fourplex. Okay. That that when you when you have a issue where you know when money's in my hands I'm going to spend it, get it out of your hands before you can spend it because the goal of what you want to achieve is worth it to get you to spend less money. I mean just just saying to yourself, you know, I really shouldn't be spending all this money. That all that does is is you feel like uh, disappointment or shame or whatever. It doesn't change anything and it's just a negative thing. But if you got something you really want to do then it sets up a whole different positive psychology of putting that money aside. Do you do um, your banking at a bank or credit union? Uh, credit union. Great. So you can go to the credit union and set up with them at no cost a savings account that A certain amount of money will automatically be deposited into every month on a date of your choosing. So if people pay rent, I don't know if all, if your three tenants have to pay you rent by the fifth of the month or whatever, set it up a couple of days after, in theory, rent supposed to be paid and have money automatically go into that savings and do enough that gets you to a goal date. Like by what point would you like to be in the market? to buy uh, another let's say fourplex or triplex or duplex or whatever
0: right yeah that's kind of where it's a little iffy I mean my my wife is getting her doctorate right now and she has a couple more years left of school um, and I'm a contractor so it's kind of it varies between a year to two years Uh, I want to be able to uh, buy something like that
1: all right well let's set a goal of let's give you a little extra time with her in the doctoral program and set a goal of 30 months 30 months and think about how much money you're going to need for down payment in 30 months divide it out and that's the amount of money you divert into that savings account every month
0: right okay yeah that makes sense because um go ahead yeah and and, and speaking of, like, savings and, and all that, I, I've been looking into apps uh, such as uh, the Stash app. Um, yeah, great to I've use. Been, oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've been dabbling in a little bit, uh, throwing a little bit in there. And there's an option for a Roth IRA in that app. Is that something I should be doing through the app?
1: or? Yeah, that's out? great. If, if do, using the Stash app will get you into doing a Roth IRA, do it that, would, okay, be, that cool. would be great so so you were too hard on yourself up front i mean you're already thinking <laughs> about these things and uh, you' already have self-identified a great tool using the stash app and great. you could well, use you could use stash for what i was talking about about going to the credit union and setting aside the set amount of money every month right. for 30 months
0: okay so i could i could go through my credit union and just Transfer into the Roth IRA uh, from there.
1: You could, and okay. this is all good stuff. And I'm so impressed that your wife's in a graduate school program. You're still managing to develop assets. You got these uh, these real estate properties already. So it sounds like you're going to be fine. And just getting this this spending less than what you make in gear and automatic will make a huge difference for you and for her moving forward. Rama is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you today? Hi, hey Clark. I'm fine. How are you? Great. Thank
2: um, you. I have a question about renting a car overseas. Okay. Um, so normally when I rent a car within the United States, I never buy insurance or any other extras which the car uh, rental company offers because the credit card and my insurance already covers all that stuff, right? But w- what should we do overseas when we are overseas? like uh, I'm going o- planning to go overseas on September in September 21st or, uh, around that time and um, I'm planning to rent a car, but the car rental itself is very cheap. but uh, if I want to add on the insurance offered by the car rental company, It's the price almost doubles or triples sometimes. So Uh, I was just wondering whether it's a wise idea to buy the insurance uh, there or is there any other
1: alternative? I'm so glad you're asking me this question before you go because if you contact your own automobile insurer, they will tell you whether or not they cover you for the liability side and uh, potentially damages when you're outside the United States. And if the answer is no, especially on the liability side, you definitely need to buy liability coverage from the car rental company or from a third party. You could see potentially third parties that would sell it at a place like insuremytrip.com. Now, on collision coverage, your own automobile insurer may step in and cover you for damage to the car or may not, and you just got to know that before you go and you may already have credit cards that will cover you for what your own automobile insurer won't cover you for.
2: Okay, so do this stuff work internationally? I've never seen anybody successfully claiming uh, like any kind of an accident uh, coverage from their credit card, so I'm a little bit skeptical on that.
1: Oh, yeah, you can can do it. It It requires documentation of everything, and uh, the credit card companies use third parties, and you've got to stay on them. To get them to deal with your claim under the uh, credit card insurance supplement, and okay. you can get it done. But making these two phone calls and having a thorough understanding before you go is so important with an international trip that you want to know. Remember again: first, what is your own automobile insurance cover or not cover, and second, do you have in your wallet a credit card? that does provide rental car coverage. And if you do, usually you'll be secondary, but if your own automobile insurer doesn't offer coverage outside the U.S., the credit card can stand in, in place of it and becomes your primary coverage. You will, no doubt though, end up with some aggravation or even some out-of-pocket, even with the double protection following an accident of your own automobile insurance, and a credit card for secondary coverage.
3: This podcast is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's face it, sometimes multitasking can be overwhelming. Like when your favorite podcast is playing and the person next to you is talking and your car fan is blasting, all while you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. But then again, sometimes multitasking is easy, like quoting with Progressive Insurance. They do the hard work of comparing rates so you can find a great rate that works for you, even if it's not with them. Give their nifty comparison tool a try and you might just find getting the rate and coverage you deserve is easy. All you need to do is visit Progressive's website to get a quote with all the coverages you want, like comprehensive and collision coverage or personal injury protection. Then you'll see Progressive's direct rate and their tool provide options from other companies, all lined up and ready to compare, so it's simple to choose the rate and coverages you like. Press play on comparing auto rates. Quote at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
1: Today's Clark-rageous moment I teased to earlier, and it's about the fact that we used to get a zillion calls about cryptocurrencies earlier this year late last year they were all the rage now i never hear a comment or a question why well let's take the biggest of them bitcoin has lost a massive amount of its value somewhere around 70 percent of its value from where it was just a few months ago that is not real money When speculative fever drives something up and down and up and down and up and down, cryptocurrencies are not ready for prime time. The day may come that money is truly electronic and maybe even non-governmental. That time has not come. Just as I said through all the frenzied calls I got earlier this year, getting involved with any of these is a speculative thing, not a true investment. But then there's the other angle that's always troubled me about these non-governmental ways of paying for things, and that is how they're used by criminal rings. There was just a woman, who former stockbroker, who was sentenced to prison for helping criminals launder money to the tune of $10 million that she was helping criminal rings with Cash you know, in envelopes exchange for Bitcoins, making them very much untraceable and allowing criminals to engage in rotten, terrible crime behavior. That's another reason why cryptocurrencies are not ready for prime time, is they're so easy to use by criminals. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. You know, it's been a really difficult time for people who've graduated from college in the aftermath of the banking scandals last decade, through the Great Recession, through the very high periods of unemployment following that, and now here we are in a recovery, it generated essentially a lost decade for people who graduated from college from 08 to about 16. And so a new report out from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York finds that nearly half of college graduates through that cycle are underemployed, that college graduates did whatever they could to put food on the table and a roof over their heads in the period of the economic collapse because of the banking scandals and the aftermath. And that's what you're supposed to do. A student walking out of college now comes into a very strong market and may step right into a job earning what someone who graduated a decade ago makes. You know, sometimes life's just not fair. It's just the way it is. And I want to talk about moving forward because economies go in cycles. And I felt this so much through the, uh, through the financial decline that started last decade and took so long to fully recover is that regardless of where people were in their lives or careers, when the mass layoffs took place across corporate America... It became very difficult for people to land on their feet again. And now, with the vision of hindsight and seeing what recent college graduates have gone through and how hard it's been for them to earn a wage equivalent to what their education historically would generate, and what happened to people who lost their jobs and how difficult it was, what I've learned is you got to be prepared if you are already in the workplace, for the fact that economic cycles turn and you never know when or why they're going to turn and what the results are going to be till after the fact. And so I have a new appreciation for the value of making sure you have a stash of cash in the event there's a job loss because the people who seem to have landed on their feet the most of people who were experienced in a career when the economy fell apart were people who were able to go out and do something else that they'd always wanted to do, start their own business, whatever it was where they didn't feel that they had to go just do anything to try to put food on the table. And again, I'm drawing a distinction Between someone who's just coming out of school in his or her early 20s versus somebody who's been out in the workforce in their 30s or 40s or 50s that I now understand clear as could be how key saving money is. You know, our culture is so different. The average American today saves three cents of every dollar they make overseas overseas. Uh, Gosh, in China, do you know people save half of what they make? Half. In much of the developed world, people save 30 cents of every dollar they make, the equivalent in whatever currency they live in. They save nearly a third of what they make. And let me repeat again, Americans on average are saving 3 cents of every dollar we make. So I want you to create that cushion in your life Not as a guilt trip, not because it's like the dentist tells you, now, are you flossing your teeth well? No, this isn't about any kind of shoulda, woulda. This is about what opportunities it creates in a time of adversity if you're prepared, if you have saved, if you're living on less than what you make while times are good, it prepares you for times that are more difficult, including the opportunities that are created during a down economic cycle if you've got money to go do not what you have to, but what you always wanted to do, but never got around to, because what you were doing, even if it wasn't your first choice or first love, it was comfortable. James is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, James. How you doing?
4: Hi, Clark. How are you? It's good Great, talking to you. Thank you.
1: Uh, My question has to do with
4: aftermarket uh, car warranties. Uh, I looked some of it up on your website, and um, uh, some of the stuff on purchasing extended warranty for a new car. I think I understand your position that that you've never purchased one because they are expensive, and 55% of buyers apparently never use them, but yet you do uh, understand the peace of mind that owners get by buying them. My issue is that buying an aftermarket warranty, even buying it, you don't get peace of mind because you never know what you have until you go to use it, and then you hope that you have somebody that's gonna back what they say they're gonna do. Because there's so many of these aftermarket warranty uh, uh, dealers out there, you look them up on the internet and the reviews are terrible for everybody, And I was hoping that you could recommend somebody that would be reputable that in the future I could say, this is the warranty I want to buy, but I can't find one that I
1: know is good. I've never been able to either. The only thing I've ever been able to recommend with real peace of mind is buying one from the manufacturer of the vehicle itself. And if a vehicle is beyond the model year or miles that the major manufacturer will not sell an extension of the warranty to you, then don't buy one. Because the industry is so fraught with fraud and dishonesty and people that are just bad business people that you spend uh, usually a couple of thousand dollars or so on one of these extended warranties or service contracts and it turns out you have something that's not worth the paper it's printed on
4: so there's no way to protect it i I think i I agree with you that the engines are better and they last a lot longer than they used to but we just got rid of a fairly new car that had two issues that had nothing to do with the drivetrain one was a, a gas tank sort of valve something in there and the second part was a wiring harness. Both issues were over two thousand dollars to repair and there was no warranty. So it had nothing to do with the drivetrain. But So
1: you so you, you you blew through four thousand plus dollars yes, in this case. A, and if you'd spent let's say you had found a legitimate warranty, you spent two grand on it, you would have saved a couple of thousand dollars after whatever deductibles they would have hit you with. Yes, sir. But I want you to think about this. How many vehicles have you owned over the decades?
4: A lot. <laughs> I don't know how many. But
1: And how many times have you had a vehicle that would have burned you like happened with this one, with the two uh, non-essential kind of components ending up going wrong and costing you? When I say non-essential, I mean not drivetrain ending up costing you so much money, how often has that been a nasty rerun in your life of car ownership?
4: Uh, Probably just this one car. With motorcycles, it's happened a couple times, but probably just this one car. You just
1: just perfectly set me up. Thank you. Because, (laughs) think about this, if you take what the cost would have been for buying some kind of extension of warranty, Vehicle after vehicle after vehicle over the decades, think how much money you're talking about. Think how many of the vehicles you bought over the years. You could have just paid cash for a couple of other ones just from what you would have paid for the extended service contracts over the years. And this time you just got unlucky. Well, that's
4: probably true. That's so, probably
1: true.
4: Um,
1: so if I, and I would say going, All the way around the barn with you, the only time if you are going to buy one that you should buy one, it's got to be if you buy a GM product, it needs to be a GM warranty. If you buy a Ford product, it needs to be a Ford product. If you buy a Honda, it needs to be from Honda. If Toyota, Toyota. In other words, only from the manufacturer itself, not from their dealer selling you who knows what, but even if you buy it from the dealer, the manufacturer's own is the only standard that's acceptable that I've ever seen. Rachel's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Rachel.
5: Hi, how are you doing, Clark?
1: Great, thank you. Rachel, how can I I be of service to you?
5: Well, we have three rental properties in Florida, and I haven't updated the insurance coverage in quite a while. And now we have to renew. And I wanted to know uh, what coverage would be adequate, what things I need to make sure I have in, in the insurance.
1: So as, a, as someone with Florida properties, you know the insurance market is broken in Florida. You know, the buying homeowner's insurance is not the easiest thing. And the company selling it to you, it's not clear how solid they are financially so Mm. if you're in a position that you have three rental properties you're someone doing very well financially you're getting good rents on those i assume making money on them every month is that true (laughs) yes yes it is correct (laughs) when you're looking at insurance coverage particularly with the the increase in value of properties in florida I would like you to do a a two-step thing. I'd like you to raise your deductibles on these properties as high as you can stand. Okay. But then make sure you have sufficient coverage on them in the event that you had some form of catastrophic loss. Okay. And, And in your case, do you have a much higher deductible if it's a name storm than you do if it's just a general homeowner's claim?
5: Well, I'm, I don't know the specifics, but I do have a deductible that is larger for hurricanes. So I don't know if it's named or unnamed, <laughs> but for hurricanes, yes. I, I do have a larger deductible. Right, so
1: you just got to be prepared for that. But the big thing yeah. that, that occurs to me, if you have had the success you have and now you have these rental properties, is if you don't have it yet, you need a general liability policy known as an umbrella policy that sits on top of them, because the greatest risk to you as a landlord is that something happens at one of your properties, somebody gets hurt, whatever, and they come after you for every penny they can possibly get. And so having umbrella insurance, as it's referred to, is extra important for you to have. And umbrella policies, what they do is they sit on top of the liability insurance you have on a property and they're sold in increments of a million dollars because they sit on top of the regular liability you have the policies are unusually cheap because the odds that something will happen that you'll get hit with a major claim are very small but if you do it's just fantastic to have it there.
5: And, and now I have another question related to that. Some years ago when we did our will, we put everything in a trust. Uh, so when my husband and I pass on, you know, our kids don't have to pay anything. They they can just, you know, they receive the trust. Would that make a difference? Uh, if, with in the, the liability
1: risk? So the yes. assets in the trust itself are at risk, but assets yeah. outside the trust are not at risk. Okay. So there's a value in the trust having uh, adequate insurance to protect you in the event that something happened, because the whole purpose of the trust is to pass on those assets. You want to make sure those assets are protected. Okay. And the lawyer who okay. lawyer who prepared the trust originally, plus your insurance agent, can both together tag team to help you to make sure that your assets are as well protected as they possibly can be inside that trust and once again I want to congratulate you on the success you've had in building wealth and having these rental properties Nancy's joining us on the Clark Howard show and Nancy it's like you and I are the same person I keep getting nasty grams from the Census Bureau telling me I have to fill out this survey or else under penalty of law I'm scared. Maybe I, we could. I don't
5: know what to do about it. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, maybe we both get free housing and get to have free meals, courtesy of the federal government. So, well,
5: what I'm scared about is putting my um, computer into a government porthole for a whole hour. I, I mean, I might be willing to sit down and fill out a paper survey, but this is crazy. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and uh, you are a business owner, so you got the um, the survey where they want you to answer 8 million questions about your business?
5: That's, that's correct. I got a letter uh, a week or so ago that tells me that I have until August the 9th to sit down and go into this uh, website. Uh, it, it's a porthole.census.gov, and for 52 minutes, That's their guess on how long it's going to take um, to fill out the survey under penalty of law.
1: (laughs) Right. And so I'm way past you because I didn't comply. And now I'm getting nastier and nastier notices from the Census Bureau. And so reluctantly, I'm going to give them just the most basic information. I would answer the survey with only the information that you feel comfortable sharing. Okay. The purpose okay. of this survey is to help big corporations in the United States. This survey is not designed for what the Constitution requires, which is a count of uh, people in the United States every 10 years. This is for information that corporate America uses as uh, research to help them make more profits. And they specifically target small businesses to collect information from us to help big corporations. I think it's mm. abusive. So so comply with the letter of the law and only give as much information as you are comfortable giving.
2: But it is a legitimate thing from the government. It's it is a from, legitimate
1: thing uh, from mm-hmm. the Census Bureau, and it is a hassle and a half that has no redeeming value or benefit to you and me as small business owners they're not doing it for us we're just fodder to help them and providing the corporate intelligence that the big companies want so that seems like such a waste of taxpayer time and resources you're listening to the clark howard show i appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on the clark howard show want you to know that if you need consumer advice we're here to serve you off air for free nine hours a day if you go to clark.com and go down the home screen you'll see a section consumer help and tools click on consumer action center and you can get that free off the air advice